Thank you, worship team. Still one of my all-time favorite songs. It gets me every time. I don't know why. It just does. It shows so that the melody and the words just go so well together. Just an amazing song. Sometimes you know when somebody had God's help writing something, that one's it. All right. Are you ready? 40 days in the Word. Oh, a couple of things. Newcomers Luncheon, February 23rd, we'll be serving lunch right up here. If you're new to Bridgepoint, you've been here for a year, year and a half or whatever, you've never attended one of these, whatever, um, please come and, and join us. We'll serve you lunch, free food. So, so come on out for the free food. And we'll answer some questions and, and how things work around here, the operations of the church, and, and uh, give a time for you to ask whatever you want to ask, so about theology or whatever. So that's why we meet. So if you want to come, please come the 23rd and um, right after this service, okay? The other thing that's happening that day is the dedication of our new facilities downstairs. And I, I hate to say it's a new facilities, but it really is a new facilities. If you haven't been down there, it's totally transformed. And it's absolutely beautiful and far more functional than anything we've ever, ever had for Christian Ed before. So we're very excited about it. The 23rd, we'll, be, we'll have the kids involved and we'll have a great time in here. And um, we'll be dedicating that space to the Lord. And it's a reminder to all of you how much you gave and how much um, you were invested in our children. So thank you. Um, but the 23rd, we'll give you a proper thank you as well. So, so you'll want to be here February 23rd. All right, 40 days in the Word. There's three reasons we're doing this series. First of all is to... Help us all to love the Word of God more. Second of all is to learn the Word of God. There are things we need to constantly be learning about what God said to us through His Scripture. And the third reason is to live the Word of God, and that's the most important. But the other two feed into that. If you don't have a love for the Word, and you're not seeking out more knowledge in the Word, then you won't know how to live it. You just won't, you won't know what it says. You won't know how to do it. And so um, those, two things, those three things all go together. And you can't do one without the other. I want to remind you that our small groups are ongoing. This is week four for most of them. I think there's one that's only did week three this week. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, this book is part of that. And the amazing and wonderful thing about this book is it gives you something to read and to study and to practice every single day through the scriptures. That's why it's called 40 Days in the Word, not just six Sundays in the Word. 40 days, every day you get to do something. All right, let's turn to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, this passage of Scripture talks about trials, right? The trials of our faith, the tests of our faith. 
how those trials kind of become really obstacles for us. And it's the trials, the, it's the obstacle course. It's always something new that we're confronting and having to work through and having to learn and to know. If you go through the obstacle course and God's given you a map to the obstacle course, it would make the course a lot easier, wouldn't it? That's scripture. That's scripture saying, okay, just like this, guess what? There's obstacles out there. There's trials of your faith. They're given to you for a reason. What's the reason? Perseverance. So that when you go through these obstacles, when you face these struggles, when you don't know the answers and you're saying, another problem, bless me, great day, I'm having another problem, I don't know what to do, I get on my knees and I pray to the Lord and I open my Bible and I start looking for answers. And I know that those obstacles before me, those trials, are there for a reason. I take that in faith. If I didn't have the faith, if I didn't read the word, if I didn't open my Bible, I wouldn't know those things. And too many Christians are walking around today with such little knowledge of the word that the obstacles before them, they don't understand them. They don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to handle them. They don't know how to persevere. And perseverance is the goal. That you learn perseverance to know that, okay, I'm up against this obstacle, this struggle, I have no answer for it. Welcome to the real world, right? Life is full of obstacles, things that you have to overcome. How do I do that? Well, I can count on the wisdom of God, the help of his word, or I can go to all my friends and cry on their shoulders until they're not my friends anymore because they don't want to be around me anymore, because I'm always sad, right? Or I can turn to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you promised this in your word. You promised I would learn perseverance, that the struggles that I'm facing are for my good, to make me physically, spiritually more mature. Isn't that what it said? Did I miss something? Was it in about spiritual maturity? It's an obstacle course. Now, most of us want the easy way, right? I don't want obstacles. I don't like obstacles. I don't like obstacle courses. I don't like, I, when I ran track, I really enjoyed running track, but I really hated running over and jumping over those stupid hurdles. Why would they put a big thing in your way you have to run over? Who does that? How stupid is that? Right? I hated it. Nice tripping over those things. You know why? Because you have to have rhythm for that. Get the nice pace and you get the rhythm and you just stride right over those hurdles and you just make that thing go. And I would hit every single one of them because I'm a klutz. And I have no rhythm. So I'd run over the things. Now I learned how to run over them and keep moving. Because <laughs> there's no penalty for hitting them. You can just keep going. There's obstacles out there. There's struggles for us to overcome. How are we going to overcome them if we don't have God's truth and God's perseverance in us? So the trials in our lives are there for a reason. And by the way, some of you make yours all by yourself. Can I say that and get away with it? Sometimes you just make troubles for yourself. Learning the wisdom of God will help you with that as well. So that when an obstacle comes in your life, 
You know that God's going to help you and stop kicking yourself and beating yourself up. That's not why I said that. I said that so that you know. Even if you make those obstacles for yourself, those struggles that you're dealing with, God is still with you, and you will learn perseverance if you just hang in there with him. God's goal is to get us planted deep so that we're not shallow in our faith, shallow in our walk, shallow in our understanding, shallow in our knowledge. The Bible isn't something I can just glance through and hope to glean all of the wisdom of God by going, okay, I'm done now, move on to the next book. It's something that I keep pressing into because I know there's more there. There's more riches, there's more depth, there's more everything that I need. I just hang in with his word. In fact, when I feel most like not reading the Bible is when I really need to. You ever have a really bad day and you just want to go home, hug the cat, hug the kids, go to bed? I had one of those days this week. I really felt like I'm just going to go home and go to bed. I'm so, you know, it was just a rough day. Things happened that shouldn't have happened. Obstacles. And I just wanted to go home and go to bed. I didn't. Because I knew that I was going to get through that day. You know why? Because I get through them all. I've learned over the years that God's faithful. And if I just hang in there and keep moving and keep trusting and keep believing and keep praying and dig a little deeper, and I didn't want to hear from God that day, I was kind of mad at him. Anybody else? Hey, how did you let this happen to me? How come I, I blame God just like an immature knucklehead? And then I remembered, I'm not an immature knucklehead. I'm a man who's trusted God every step of the way in his life, hoped beyond hope, believed beyond belief, read his word and studied it and got as deep as I could because I wanted to know his truth and his life and his resurrection. And I didn't just wash him aside. I didn't just push him away. I just didn't bury my Bible on a bookshelf. I kept on persevering, and I've learned through it all. God never lets me down. He never lets me down. If I'll just stay with him, he's going to stay with me. He's trying to get us deeper and stronger. But the enemy of me is still my doubt. Doubt is a terrible thing, and we all live with it. In fact, the devil's whole job, are you ready? is to lie to you so that you'll doubt. He's a liar. It's what he does. It's not just what he does. It's what he is. He's a liar. He doesn't know the truth, never speaks the truth, never bothers to look up the truth. In fact, he knows the Bible better than you do. That's why he lies so proficiently. He lies so well because he studied it, knows it, knows the Lord himself. He's walked in heaven's gates. Have you? He's been there. And so he distorts and lies until we doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt until our faith is destroyed. You've got to confront the doubt in your, work, in your life and in your mind and in your heart with the truth of God's word. If you don't, you'll always be a doubter. You'll always be a doubter. You'll be double-minded. You'll be Harvey Dent. You know who Harvey Dent is? Batman, Harvey Dent, yeah. Two-Face. Two-Face had a problem. Every time he had an obstacle to overcome, he couldn't make up his mind, he would flip a coin. Unstable in all they do. 
to make a decision, he'd flip a coin. Chance. Some of us live our lives that way. Well, I don't know what to do here. I'll just take a shot. Wouldn't it be better to find some wisdom? Wouldn't it be better to seek the Lord? Wouldn't it be better to ask for direction? Wouldn't it be better to hear a word from him who speaks truth at all times? Gives strength when we need it? Gives help when we're struggling? Wouldn't it be better to look at his word instead of flip a coin and hope for the best? That's the point of James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Perseverance, faith, don't doubt, don't be double-minded, don't be hoping that things turn out all right. Know what God has for you. Follow him and obey him. It works every time. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Is that a rhetorical question? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, quote unquote, does not come down from, from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap and harvest of righteousness. Now, last week I said, look, the definitions in this world of wisdom and peace and so on and so forth, go back to the book because the definitions are right in here and they're not right out there. Here's a definition of wisdom. Try to apply that to your life. Here's God's definition of wisdom. Did you see it? But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. In other words, not everything that calls itself good is good. Good, good deeds require wisdom. And the wisdom that we need isn't from our own philosophy and our own understanding of what we think is good and what we think is important or even what somebody else thinks. We need to go back to the foundation, to the understanding, to the writers here who give us a clear definition. This is wisdom. And good deeds require wisdom because the world around us can tell us what a good deed is and who we should serve and who we shouldn't whom we should love and whom we shouldn't. I read that stuff all of the time. I get to be on Facebook. What a pit of misery that is sometimes. You ever been there? I just, I scroll past people because I see their name and I know they have nothing good for me to read because I'm smart. I read their stuff, I've read their stuff before and every time I try to read it again, I think, oh, there we go again. Scroll, scroll, scroll your boat. Just keep on moving. There's nothing good here. 
Good deeds require wisdom. What has God actually called us to do? What has God actually called us to give? What has God actually called us to sacrifice? Can't save the entire world by our little congregation, but we can take a chunk out of something somewhere, right? That's why we're going to Jamaica. We can make an impact there even out of our little tiny church. And it's not just giving them clothes or the next meal. It's getting them to look beyond our hands to see the hand of God. That's why we're doing something different this year. I don't want them to trust in us. I know that the only point they're ever going to have real hope is if the hope of eternity enters their soul. I know the only way they're going to ever have joy is if the joy of the Lord consumes their heart. I know the only way they're ever going to have real peace is if they're at peace with Christ himself. So this year we're taking him, Jesus, above and beyond all else, because he can change a heart and we can't. He can transform a life and we can't. We can only give so much to help out along the way. But the ultimate goal, to see people's lives change, good deeds, that's wisdom. See, we need to change directions a little bit. So sometimes we're not very wise. We're not very wise because we're earthly, unspiritual. Don't you hate this last word? Demonic. Demonic. Are we influenced by the word of God, his truth, his spirit, his love? Because if the enemy is telling us lies all of the time and we are operating on those lies, then we're acting out of demonic forces, demonic lies, rather than truth, rather than life, rather than God's spirit. So a deeper wisdom. What seeds are planted in us? The th deep seeds, the deep truth of God's word, the harvest of righteousness comes out of that. Righteous living, righteous giving, righteous praying, righteous preaching, righteous singing. We start to desire the things of God even more. Righteousness and truth and life. That comes from getting deep into his word and keep digging deeper because there's truth there that you won't find anywhere else because the world doesn't have it to offer. Now this week in the studies, we're doing the paraphrase it. <clears throat> so when you go through your book this week, week four is, paraphrasing scripture so it makes more sense to you or so that you can remember it. How many of you have a hard time memorizing stuff? How many of you have an easier time kind of wrapping your brain around the idea, around the principle that's there? See, that's me. That's me. I have a hard time memorizing things. Jenny and I take the same class together in college. I've gone too long. Um, Jenny and I would take the same class in college. She'd remember all the dates and stuff. I'd remember the concepts and the principles. So when we studied together, it was really helpful. Except for when we studied together. I'd get distracted all the time. I don't know why this pretty little blonde sitting next to me. I, never mind, that's another story. Anyway, paraphrase it. Now I'm going to give you a warning because there's one danger about paraphrasing it. <clears throat> don't change the meaning. Don't change the meaning. Don't add to it, don't subtract to it, don't alter it, but get the meaning. In the first scripture, I, I told everybody about this proverb that I love. 
Through knowledge, a house is built. Through wisdom, it's filled with rare and beautiful treasures. I love that, pro- I love that proverb because it gives me a clear understanding of wisdom and knowledge. However, that's not a direct quote. That's a paraphrase. That's how I remember it. That's how I learned it. That's how I understand it. And the actual scripture is quite different from that, but I kind of condensed it into something that I could remember because I thought it was important for me. The same thing is true of us. As long as we don't change the meaning, we're okay. There are good paraphrases of scripture out there. The message, how many of you have a copy of the message? I have several of them, actually. I enjoy it. I really enjoy reading it. However, it's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. A translation goes back to the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic that the Bible was written in and translates it as best as we can into modern English. That's all we've got, so that's what we do. A paraphrase takes the modern English and translates it or adds to it or fulfills, fills out some of the blanks a little better, and it's okay, but it's not really Scripture, so be careful with it. Careful with the Living Bible, same thing. It's not really the scripture, it's a paraphrase. Somebody's view of it. When you take someone else's view of the Bible, you get their view of the Bible. Rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through scripture to you directly, what you need to know. I remember that proverb because in my point in my life, as a young husband and a young father, I was asking God, you gotta help me, I don't know how to do this. And he gave me that scripture. Through knowledge, a house is built. Through wisdom, it's filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And I've never forgotten it because it's spoken to me over and over and over again in my life. Paraphrase it. It works. Finally, I'm going to end with, end with this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I told a quick story, and I'll do the same thing. When There's a little um, dive diner in my hometown called Jimmy's Grotto, <clears throat> and it's a hole in the wall. That's all it is. And you go in there and you order what you want, and you sit at tables that came out of some diner 50 years ago that they bought used because they were cheap. And you get your meal on a paper plate, and you get to choose from a, a wide variety of plastic forks and spoons and knives. We hope they're clean, you know, not re went sent through a dishwasher or something, but that's what you eat. And so I take my son there because everybody in Waukesha has to eat at Jimmy's Grotto. We're the only ones who know where it is and how good it is. So if you live in Waukesha, it's a rite of passage. You go to Jimmy's Grotto at some point and you order a panzerata. Now, panzerata is bigger than the paper plate that you get, and it hangs out on both edges. So I order one for my son and ordered one for myself. And he sat down and, and takes that plastic fork and that plastic knife, and he's hacking away at this thing. And he takes his first bite, and his eyes go closed. And then he opens them real wide, and I thought, oh, no, he burned himself. It's too hot. And he finally is done chewing, and I said, I'm waiting like a judge. You know, what? How is it? How, how, did you like that? He says, Dad... That was the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When you're hungry for him, it's like a grotto's panza. It's the best thing you'll ever taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for your amazing grace, Father, your wonder, your love, your power, your grace. We're facing this challenge together, 40 days in your word, and it's a challenge for us to find the time, to find the space, to make it right. So we pray that you'll help us, Lord, because we want to do this. We want to get into your word. We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to be not just hearers of the word, but doers as well. So transform us by the power of your spirit. Bring the word alive to us again so that we can live for you in the darkness around us and shine as the light of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.